what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome to the Coach's Mind Podcast with Coach Curtis Williams and Coach Mike Urso. This podcast is to help those who want to be extraordinary health and fitness coaches by breaking down the tools and strategies they need to grow and develop their craft so they can become top of their class and build a business that contributes to personal and professional growth. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Coach's Mind Podcast with Mike Urso and Curtis Williams. And today, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the importance of practicing what you preach, right? Yes. So, there's... By what we mean by that is when you're a coach, if you're trying to educate people on sleeping better, eating better, exercising more... Whatever it is you're working on, even some of the mental stuff, de-stressing, whatever it is, um, we feel that you should lead by example, right? We want to put people in a position to feel like they can be successful, feel like they deserve it, they're empowered. And I truly believe part of that is them being able to see that you're doing it as well, right? Because if you are not doing those things and your life is kind of all over the place and you're clearly tired all the time and you know maybe you're overweight maybe you're not exercising or whatever the case is most of the time at least in my experience i've had a decent amount of people come up to me and say why would i hire a trainer that's not that's clearly not doing the things that they need to do how are they going to help me do the things that i need to do type Mm -hmm. of thing That's not everybody. That's not always the case. Some people don't have an opinion on that, right? But I still think, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it. I want you to chime in whenever, whenever. But um, I still think that for the most part, that's how the majority of people are thinking, even if they don't verbalize it. Right. I'm looking at it from kind of two angles. And you've got that. You've got the people who clearly you can tell the trainers who do not take very good care of themselves or not to the level that we would be preaching to our clients that we should be um, to those different you know buckets of exercise they're not eating healthy um, and they're they're basically not sleeping very well either or they're not they don't have a good practice of sleep hygiene but then there's the other side which is that trainer who does look maybe like they're out of shape maybe a little soft but that trainer at one time was 300 pounds and now they're 200 pounds and while they're still overweight they still lost a bunch of weight and they still have a message that's going to resonate with some of those people who may be in that same place as they are. So um, not not everybody has to be super skinny and it's not about the physical appearance per se. It's more about what are the habits and behaviors and the routines that you are putting into place. Do they align with the message that you're giving to your clients? And that's probably the most important thing to nail down as a person who is looking for a trainer is does this person ask your trainer what do they do a lot I have a lot of clients who say what do you do how do you eat you know what do you what do you do at nighttime to sleep to wind down do you meditate do you do yoga what do you do and then you know how often a week do you work out how many strength workouts do you do how often do you do cardio I have clients ask me all the time um, you know you want those questions because those questions they hold you accountable you you have to you yep. have to keep you honest with yourself and with them and I think a big part of this as trainers is 
um, integrity. And for me, the definition of integrity is what you do and the things that you hold up to, the promises you make to yourself when nobody's watching. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So that's a very much an important part of that. For your own personal integrity, I feel it's extremely important for a trainer to not blow smoke, you know, up yeah. their client's ass, you know, and, and tell them that they work out all the time, they eat super healthy and they get a bunch of sleep. I'm very honest with my clients when I'm struggling with things like I'm not getting a lot of sleep. I yeah. tell them in the morning I'm sleep deprived, you know, I had this going on or this going on. Just like you, I'm human and I face the same things, but I have every intention to jump back into it and make sure that this doesn't become, you know, the my long time routine that this is just one one or two days and that my my overall goal is to work out consistently four days a week eat healthy you know 80 to 90 percent of the time have those little treats once in a while and just like you i'm human but we have to be able to as you said practice what you preach i think it's i think the huge point that you said there was that you're human right because everybody if you if you've heard of um autonomy competency belonging mm-hmm. like that's that belonging piece where everyone's um, like that is self-determination theory. self-determination right. Theory, yeah, right yeah so that's a belonging piece where everyone's like oh man they're human too right they're, they're like me too right yeah because sometimes your clients will look at you and they'll feel like oh my god i'll never look like you or i can never you know do 20 exactly. pull-ups or you know i'll never be able to have a six-pack totally. and yeah there is this always feeling of competency so you a, a great way as a coach to relate to your clients is to be honest with them when you did slip up. Hey, I had ice cream last night. I'm human, but I did it once. I'm not going to do it for a long time. I just wanted to enjoy it. You know, also be honest, I wasn't feeling so good after I ate it. Yeah. It didn't make me feel good. You know what I mean? So just as you said, feeling like you belong to something, feel like, you know, that you don't want to feel like you are so f- that you are what you've accomplished as a, as a trainer um, in your health and fitness is so far advanced and so far beyond what they're capable of too exactly. you want to you know again be human to them totally totally and i think that makes uh, a massive difference there's a lot of things that even like aside from sleeping or eating or whatever the case is i actually have um a handful it's more than you think of clients that like deal with anxiety some of them are on medication some of them aren't but like that's stuff they're going through and part of even just walking through that door to sign up at the beginning was super anxious for them right yeah. like that whole process and when they're like when they see me and, and I'm like I try to be honest with them I'm like hey I deal with that stuff too right like I just have certain outlets and certain things and that's how I manage it and so on and so forth they're like there's no way that you deal with that there's no you know what I mean like they never right. believe it and then but as I and I wasn't always honest like something that is has affected me in some way shape or form since I was a teenager right but the more I become honest with it over time they're like oh you are human wow this is amazing like it makes them I've had clients who are like ever since you've told me that it's completely changed like our relationship. I feel more confident. I feel this, I feel that. And and it's and I wasn't really telling them for any special reason except for the simple fact that I'm like, hey, like you're not alone kind right. of thing, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that goes a long way. But I do wanna take a step back and harp on what you said when someone, you know, uh, about a trainer that may have been 300 pounds right. and they're 200 now, you were spot on. And I didn't, in the intro, I you know, I didn't harp on that, but like, I literally couldn't agree with you more with like the actual habits that are taking place is much more important than like, you don't, you don't need to be like super, super skinny or or whatever the case is. The habits that are taking place 
is far more important than the way you look or the things you you say and so on because again you're leading by example and you're and you're doing the things and you have like real experience with them yeah well you know your trainer or your coach as a client is your health and fitness mentor in a way and if you were looking for a mentor we were just talking about this a little bit ago like you know we always seek out mentors and people who know a little bit more about us that can help us but if your mentor or coach doesn't like have those habits established if they haven't really done that work themselves and they're not in a place where they're a consistent um you know they're they're consistently having good habits eating well working out all the time and doing it for a long period of time that's not really somebody that you want to be able to take advice from so in the place where you've got that that trainer who has lost a, a, a significant amount of weight um they have those habits and behaviors you know, not necessarily the result because maybe they, again, they, maybe they were, you know, a third heavier than they are now, you know, for example, and the, the accomplishment of losing a hundred pounds to go from three to 200 pounds is, is an amazing feat. That message is going to resonate with a lot of overweight people too, who are feeling that same way. So it's really important to, you know, and, and again, I feel like there's a coach and there's a trainer out there for everybody. Absolutely. Um, so again, it is, it's more about the behaviors. It's more about the things that you're doing. Are you showing that you're doing those things? And, um, yeah, and really just making sure that, um, yeah, you as a trainer are establishing those habits on a consistent basis. You will have slip ups, but you've got to, you've got to establish some consistency over the long haul. Yeah. I think like the slip ups are almost necessary. Um, because if you're like, nah, I never do that. That stuff never happens. I don't have, I don't, I don't make mistakes. Like nobody's gonna. Want, most of the time, I would imagine nobody's gonna want to train with you. Right. Because you're you're essentially putting yourself on a pedestal and making people think like, oh man, this person is just like, like they just never, never slip up, never make a mistake. Right. They're 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 way up here. They just distance themselves so far yeah. from what we what we see which is people make mistakes exactly. people make bad decisions exactly. you may choose you know to get the bread and eat it with your dinner with you know butter butter slathered all over it and you know oil and all this stuff and and can it be great yes but um you know we're all we've got to make these humanistic mistakes and if you are on that pedestal if you are that person that you know you meal you meal prep and you never miss a week where you meal prep and your food is always perfectly portioned into having the right amount of macros and how you want it and one percent of people by the way one percent yeah which is really hard so so trainers aren't even doing that really in the first place i know because when you go back in the break room at a gym and you see what's what's going on back there not everybody's eating as healthy as as they say they are right so I think it's important to, uh, you know, just make sure that you're bringing it back down, you know, to, to the level of the person that is in front of you that you're trying to resonate with, the person that you're training and you're trying to connect with. You are going to find a really hard time connecting with somebody who sees you as somebody who is perfect and never slips up and they know consciously, subconsciously that they screw up all the time. And that's why they're here is because they've made a lot of bad decisions and haven't been very disciplined with, you know, everything that they've been doing. Yeah. I, I want to, I want to, uh, feedback off of when you mentioned integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think alongside integrity, um, we can talk about being genuine mm-hmm. too, right? Because yeah, authenticity, authenticity, being genuine there, there's, 
a vibe, a frequency, whatever you want to say, right? That you, that you give off when you are living life a certain type of way. And if you're not living life a certain type of way, or you're trying to pretend like you are, but really this is the case, X is the case over here, but you're saying you're living like Y, um, most of the time, I think we all have these natural instincts to pick up on that, right? Yeah. So I was listening to a really awesome podcast. Um, if you don't listen to the Model Health Show, uh, you should add them to your nice. subscriber list. Sean Stevenson. Sean Stevenson, yep. Model Health Show, amazing. Um, and I can't remember the, the, the gentleman's name. He is the first time I've heard of him this morning, actually, mm-hmm. which is why. But he mentioned something that I thought was amazing, right? He felt like the law of attraction is, uh, is something that is valuable, but it's not necessarily what we do as humans, right? So he said it's a great place to start, but eventually down the road, if you are trying to become a certain or attract a certain type of people, you essentially have to become what you're trying to attract because you attract what your frequency or you're radiating off, right? So like whatever you're putting out there, that essentially is what's going to come to you. But if you're only thinking about attraction rather than turning yourself into, you know, and let's just use as a coach, let's, let's talk about, you know, a healthy individual who is focused on habits and being honest and so on and so forth. If you're only talking about attracting those things and you're not necessarily living it, you can't hold on to it for a sustained period of time. It's something that like, if you, he used the, the, the example of someone stealing a car per se, right? He was like, you know, at the end of the day, that's why people who steal things don't keep them and they don't stay with them because it's not who they are. Right? Right. They're not radiating uh, a person who works hard to get X. Instead, they take it and then it never, it never stays there. Right. So he, he mentioned, you know, someone who may you know, steal money or, or, or something like that, or, but they have this mentality of a, you know, broke mindset or like a superficial mindset. And like, right. They never keep whatever they're, they're stealing it, not to save it, but to spend it and just keep the cycle repeating keep the on. cycle going. So I thought that was amazing because I personally love the idea of law of attraction, mm-hmm. but that to me sounds like you take it to the next level of it's not only law of attraction and it's now necessarily who you are and what you radiate off so you don't even have to think about it as much where like law of attraction I feel like is something that you think about constantly and when he was he's saying when you become this person that radiates off whatever it is you're trying to create for your life um, that comes to you in abundance and it's not necessarily as much effort anymore it's just a natural thing that happens which leads me Right back to my original point where I feel like if you are genuinely doing all those things, you're going to radiate off this energy that people just feel and understand like this is who you are, not who you're pretending or trying to be. And then respect you that much more and appreciate your coaching that much more and want to figure out, okay, if this is what this person's radiating off, sometimes, and they might not think about it 100% this way, but I feel like on a subconscious level, it probably happens in some way, shape, or form. There's gotta be something in me that's attracted to this person, so maybe they, they, it's capable for them to do it too. And I know that's like getting a little deeper with this whole thing, um, 
But I truly feel like the way he he said that really, really broke down um, what we're all trying to do in some way, shape, or form, right. just on a, on a deeper level yeah. that can be more effective. I think as a coach, too, you have the unique uh, ability and opportunity to be seen as a, an authority on the subject, right, of, yeah. of health and fitness. And so because of that, I love that point of you create the energy. When you bring that energy to your place of work and, and that energy is radiating off of you and you're feeling good because you got your morning routine in, you did your stretching, you had your you know 12-ounce glass of water, you did some work, you did a little workout maybe, maybe you meditated, maybe you read, maybe you wrote something, maybe you just, you know, you have good habits and then you ate a great breakfast, you worked out, you went to work. And so now, because you've felt good and confident because you've performed those habits, you're radiating that energy, right, of confidence because I accomplished what I set out to do every day and I was disciplined about it. And because of that, that energy radiates off of you and you create, as you said, this vibe or this force field around you that attracts people who want some of that too. They, they see that and they see you living that and they want to get closer to you and be a part of that. Maybe not even talk to you about it, but just they can feel the energy that you're giving off. And um, I was actually talking with a, a friend uh, about this yesterday in the quote, uh, shout out to M, is um, basically a, a rising tide, uh, I'm sorry, a uh, yeah, it was a, a rising tide raises all, all ships. ships. Yep. Exactly. Yep. exactly, so when you have one person who's you know, basically going after and achieving you know, these, these you know, habits and behaviors and doing them successfully on a consistent basis, people around you and the people you spend time with are going to start doing that as well, especially right. the people you spend the most time with. And those a lot of times are our clients. Exactly. So sometimes at times we see the people in our gyms, in our facilities, more than we even see our own family at times because work takes up such a large chunk of the daytime, we're actually awake. So, and if you're a trainer and a coach out there, you know the long hours that we face, especially if you're early in your career and you haven't really, you know, narrowed, um, narrowed down your ability to be able to have, you know, a, a smaller, more compact um, work schedule. So, you know, because of that, I think that, um, you know, we have to be able to bring the energy every day. And as coaches, by staying consistent, by doing the things that we're supposed to do in our own health and fitness, we create that energy field around us, which in turn is what attracts all the people that we want, you know, to be working with to us. Exactly. And I think that I think that you made a really good point um, because we've all heard, you know, if you smile at somebody, they can't help but smile back. Right. Absolutely. It's typically. Most the of the time, it didn't work for me in Target this morning. Yeah. I smiled at this woman, and she just was not smiling was like, back. Yeah, nah, bro. No, nah. <laughs> but that's okay. That's you know, some people you don't just... know what kind of day they've had. Totally, or they've totally. Through, so. But but yeah, most of the time it works, right? Like most of the time, people are able to feel your energy and feed off of it, and that's exactly what we're trying to do as yeah. as coaches, right? Like if we are living this life the way that we're trying to coach it. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, people are gonna feel that energy and like, if, I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, now Now, shout out to, to uh, Todd Durkin and Martin Rooney, like my guys, especially Todd Durkin, like love his whole philosophy. I'm not saying every time they come in, you gotta be on a Todd Durkin level of, yo, let's yeah, go. enthusiasm and, Because yeah. some people just aren't ready for that. Right. And sometimes you gotta meet, the, you gotta match their energy level and that's okay, right? But your goal, at least my goal, and I'm, I know it's your goal, when they come in, it should be one of the best parts of their week, and they should leave feeling better than they felt when they walked in the door. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Two goals. 
So if you master energy at the beginning and then you start to bring them up and raise it up a little bit and then they leave with a smile on and they're happier, awesome, amazing. Right. So don't feel like you gotta be a cheerleader, but your energy that you're creating through all the habits and everything that you're doing, becoming this coach of integrity, of being uh, you know, genuine and so on and so forth, will bleed off onto the clients. They will feel that, they will respect it and, and they will enjoy training with you more because of that. And to Mike's point earlier, coming down to their level and saying, hey, yesterday I had some ice cream or I did whatever, is also going to help you. It's, I don't think it's gonna be a detriment. I don't think it's gonna put you in a position no, where- No, it's not gonna like, make you look weaker. No, they're gonna be like, yo, this person is, I, they get it. Yeah. They're, they're like me, right? Um, which, which is super, super valuable. If you don't understand how important that is, you gotta take a step back and think about all the times where you felt left out. And then all the times where you felt like you were like part of the group and you were clicking and vibing and everyone was on the same page. Those are two different feelings. You feel yeah. real good when you're in the group, right? And that's exactly what we're trying to create with our clients. We want them to feel like they're part of our family, our tribe, our community, whatever it is. Yeah. And when they feel like they're not, like they're not gonna feel that good, right? right? So keep that in mind, guys. Try to tailor this whole approach to what you're doing. All, it, it all goes right back into the into the client's experience. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about the challenges that trainers and coaches face on even getting into a routine and maintaining good habits in the first place because there are a lot of things that get in the way and I can speak from experience and you probably can as well working in a big box gym for example where you're really grinding and you're you know you're trying to push numbers I'll use the example of I went from a trainer who was doing 30 to 40 sessions a week to becoming a manager sitting in my seat half of the day only training 10 to 15 sessions a week right and the rest of the time is administrative um, you know, maybe I'm working out a little bit, but I also found that there were job duties and things I had as a training manager that didn't allow me all the time that I had as a trainer with these big gaps in my day to, to work out on a consistent basis as I wanted to, or even to eat healthy or even to get sleep because I was run down. I was working long hours, having to come back early in the morning. So a lot of the challenges trainers face is early up in the morning maybe a huge gap in the middle of the day, maybe they're working those evening, they're super tired because they just worked a 13 hour day, and then now they're going home, they're, they're going to bed you know, probably pretty late because they still want to do, you know, watch Game of Thrones or whatever they're doing, you know? And then, you know, we've got to get up early, we probably couldn't meal prep all that well, so now we're grabbing, you know, a Starbucks um, sandwich, you know, instead of, you know, making eggs and bacon and, you know, something that's a little bit on the healthier side. So, you know, what do we do as trainers who are struggling with finding that routine? Where do they start to get themselves back into a healthy routine where um, they feel confident, they feel good about themselves, and now they're now spreading the message to their clients? And because I found that when I was in that low point in my career where I wasn't working out as much, I wasn't training as much, but I was sitting down a lot more. I was more tired because of that because I wasn't as active. I was stuck in an office, so there was no energy or vibe around me because everyone was out on the gym floor and all that vibe was yeah. out there, right? The energy. Exactly. So it's a big, it was a dramatic change for me that I struggled with. I, I figured it out eventually where I had to schedule that time in, but I'm curious as yeah. to what you think about, you know, what, what can people do to essentially get out of that funk and to start establishing behaviors? Do we go to, you know, the habit, um, the, the power of habit, you know, a three-step cycle? Like, yep. you know, what do we do there? Yeah, I, I mean, I love the power of habit. Um, 
depending on your mindset and the type of person you are, that may or may not be, that may be a little bit too intense for you where you are right now, Absolutely, right? Yeah. It, it all depends. Everybody's slightly different. What I know for sure works for me. Now, the reason why I'm even talking about myself is because it's the thing that I have the most experience with, right? Um, but also, I can't necessarily tell you what you should and shouldn't do. It's just like, it's just, like when it comes to coaches, I can give you plenty of ideas and tips and guide you in the right direction, but if none of it resonates with you, it doesn't matter. It's the same with our clients, right? Same thing. So for me, what I've tried to create over the years is staples, right? So I know no matter what, these are, these are things that I do. So no matter how far I fall off, I'm always going to do this, this, and this to, re, to stay intact with my healthy lifestyle in some way, shape, or form. Right. Right? So I've got, I've got a couple of staples. One of them, I'll, I'll tell you right off the rip, is I drink about 40 ounces of water in the morning before I consume anything. Wow. No, no coffee, no nothing. It's, it's just, it's, it's the water first. And that's even on the days where I'm up at 4 a.m. Right. While I'm getting ready, I'm drinking that water. My goal is always to have it uh, consumed before I leave the house. Right? So that's one of my staples. I feel like I've been consistent with that for two or three years at this point. Yeah. And it never changes. So that's, that's really good. We all know how good water is first thing in the morning. Um, so my, is, that, is that the one thing, like that one thing that you always do no matter what? No matter Got what. You. So I have some of those things as well, like the non-negotiables. I mm -hmm. call them, you call them the staples. Yep. Whatever they are, they're the things that hold it together. Exactly. Right? That hold you together yep. and make sure that you know you are that same person every day that you said you were going to be. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. So that's, so for me, that that's my main, main thing. And then there's other things that, you know, I'll throw in the mix here and there that I'm not as consistent with, but I try to be, um, but for whatever reason, the water is the thing that stuck with me and it works. So, so I do that. Um, but when I, what I would say is depending on where you are in your journey right now, right? So like if you're in a place of things are going well, pay a lot of attention to why they're going well as best you can because we don't always think about that like the one i've been i've been hitting a little bit of a of a wall here and there with things and i've been thinking like when last time i hit a wall and i was in you know, i was in this place where i just didn't want to be and i needed to get out of it like what was i doing like how did how did i rise up out of that and how did i move forward um believe it or not and this isn't going to resonate with everybody but believe it or not motivational videos were huge for mm. me. And I don't know why, that's my second staple. Those, yeah. are, those are like, or, or non-negotiable. Um, if I, and, and, and I, shouldn't, I shouldn't even say non-negotiable because it wasn't something I was doing every day and that's what I mean by that. It is probably one of the most effective things that work for me, but I needed to remind myself. So recently I was like, what was I doing? Like, and it just clicked and I was like, Every morning I was waking up and I was throwing on Eric Thomas. I was throwing on like random motivational video playlists and your world within is a good one for running and exercise and different like, and I was listening to those and just reminding myself of like who I wanted to be and why and the fact that everything that they're telling me is true. Like I don't need to settle. I can be better than I am now. And, and those messages resonated with me. So they went a long way. So, and that's when I'm in the, you know, when I'm in the dumps, but I think when things are going well, you have to think about that because the motivational videos pulled me out of those down stages mm -hmm. and put me in a position to 
be a little bit more effective, be a little bit more consistent, whatever, whatever it was that I needed yeah. at that time. Um, and then I, and then I, and then I remembered that, Hey, th- this was the thing when I, w- when things started going well, I was like, this is what helped me get here. Right. You know? Um, and you did that because of what you said in the beginning is, is you paid attention to what was working. Exactly. Exactly. So I tried to pay attention to what was working and that helped me pull out. So then when I'm back in that spot, it doesn't always come to you right away. Sometimes you got to think a little bit, but recently I'd say two, three weeks ago, I, I just hit that, um, point where I was like, Oh yeah, like I haven't been doing any motivational videos. Yeah. Start doing them again. Boom. Everything starts improving and I start feeling better and I start. So for whatever reason, that's, that's a staple for me. But when uh, that's my, I guess my, my point to, to answer your question is when things are going good, take stock of what are the things that you're doing that's helping you yeah. Uh, operate at this level yeah and even if you know at some point you're you're not at that level you're down here uh try to remember them write them down whatever the case is and and, and remind yourself so you can go back to it because i think that alone yeah. is, is huge well you you took the words right out of my, my mouth i was gonna say taking stock yeah um because a lot of times we have this inventory of things that we do we get further down the road without doing our habits and behaviors or our morning routine and we're not even paying attention to why we may feel sluggish or why we may not be in the routine. Now there's also a part of it that goes along with when you are doing, when you have a routine and you're doing things on a more autonomous level in your life, you don't have to worry about the decision fatigue that comes along with having to make those choices over and over again every day. The more decisions you have to make, the more exhausting it becomes. So the more autonomy that you put in your life with your routine, the more willpower, the more decision-making capabilities and cognitive you know, um, abilities that you will carry into the day when those decisions are really at a high um, point. Meaning like, my client came in, they were in a bad mood, how am I gonna show up and talk to them today? Yep. You know, am I gonna be very rigid? Am I, so you need to have those, but if you're in a you know, in a, in not so great place, you didn't go through your morning routine, you're feeling a little bit off, you know, you may not show up in those situations when it's a highly critical moment for you to, to, to be the best uh, person and coach you can for that, that client in that situation. Exactly, so, exactly. You know. So I'm, I'm curious to, to kind of put you in the hot seat for a second. Um, what would you advise coaches to do, mm-hmm. you know, to try to... Uh, create what was what was your question exactly? I want to I want to make sure I get it right. It was something along those lines of like when you're finding a challenge in keeping your your set of behaviors and habits consistent throughout you know your health and fitness. Yeah. Um, because maybe you're overworked. Because maybe you've got personal issues going on in your life. Because maybe you're unhappy with your job. How do you get through those? What are some of the things that you do? So one of the things I was going to say is. Um, and you said it in, in, in one way or another is taking stock or taking inventory of what it is that works for you. But more so for me, it's, for me, it's journaling and writing down. So yes. when I, when I write things down, I'm able to clearly articulate the, the, the thoughts that I have and I can, I can take the thoughts and cause a lot of times we will just think about doing something. I will think about, Oh, I want to work out today at 10 o'clock, but then we don't really put it down anywhere it's kind of like it, it could happen or it may not happen right exactly. but because I didn't like like I don't know because it was just a thought and I didn't you know put it into the physical world in some way I'm not as likely to take action on it 
as if I had put it into the physical world. And yeah. that could simply mean going onto my phone and putting it into your Google Calendar, setting a notification, and boom, it pops up at that time to remind you. It could be writing down a list, of to-do list of these are the things. And you may not go back to that to-do list for the rest of the day, but because you wrote it down, you took an action, a physical action, on the thought that you had, you're even more likely to do it because of that. So those are some of the things that I like. I write a list, I got a notebook right there that has a list of things to do. It has a list of, these are the personal um, things that I need to do in my life that maybe it's put together um, a table that I just bought or you know I need to buy you know laundry detergent or do my laundry. And then the other list is career. You know, I need to record a podcast today. I need yep. to check in with this client about you know their um, their next package because they need to re up. So I have two lists basically that I run through. But it's the physical act of writing it down that actually allows me to take the action on it and set those habits and behaviors. Now I don't have one for my morning routine for my health and fitness, so I'm speaking more on a business and you know uh, action taking with your you know your your household day to day stuff day to days yeah. exactly yeah. your day to day. Um, but the health and stuff actually wouldn't be a bad idea to work into that as well. Absolutely. So like, you know, what I'm thinking about now is, is taking a, a, a list and writing it out and these are the things that I want to do every morning and putting it right in my kitchen, right on the board or right on your refrigerator. Absolutely. So when you wake up and look at it, now not only did you just think about all those things you want to do and they're in your head, I want to drink a, a glass of water, I want to stretch for 10 minutes, I want to meditate, I want to you know, uh, do a five minute journaling, whatever it is that your routine is, you now have it sitting in front of you and you're seeing it. And because of that extra step of taking your thought and putting it down and then seeing it, now you have something there that you can follow and then you're more likely to, to accomplish it. Right? I, yes, yeah, and um, I wanna go ahead and second the fact that writing is probably like one of the most powerful things for that. I right. think that, like you said, even if you don't look at the list for the rest of the day, something about writing it down helps it stick. It, it's very, it's a, now let me ask you this too, because a lot of people like to write, yeah. like actually physically write, and some people like to type up that list. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of apps and stuff and mm -hmm. to-do lists and stuff on phones. Yeah. You know, where are you on that? Because I've heard some people say they would prefer to write because it allows them to really have to slow down, formulate their thoughts, not just kind of type along. But I prefer typing and writing things down. I now have a notebook for my to-do list, but everything else I write, journaling, stuff like that, I do on the computer yeah, because yeah. it allows me to type it out go back, look at it, reevaluate it, and then make the changes I need to to actually have it say what I want it to say. Well, I I, I do think it's person dependent, but yeah. based on, I should say my experience, because you know, so different camps say different things, right? But, but based on my experience, if it's very important and it's something like I need to accomplish, like your to-do list is handwritten, like, I personally prefer that. Yeah. I think that's better for most people and it, it's only my experience, so like I'm, I'm biased because of that, but I, I think that the important things I need to get done when they're handwritten go further. Now, right. um, I don't really think there's anything wrong with like journaling, because like when you say journaling, you're talking like a like a personal journal, right? Right. Yeah. So it may be it, it, it's variable day to day. Yeah. Uh, I really just write based on what I'm feeling and the message I want to send. Uh, you know, or, or just um, uh, reflect on. So okay. it's, mostly, it's mostly reflection. So it could be, this is, uh, I usually do it in the morning, this is everything that I did yesterday 
and this is like, you know, the stuff that made me happy or the stuff that I accomplished or the stuff that I wish I did, but I didn't do. Yeah. It's again, it's taking stock, right? When you, when you write down all these things like, Hey, I had every intention to, um, you know, whatever it was, you know, do, do some specific task. I didn't do it. Yeah. I wrote about that. You now become it becomes clear to you that, hey, I, I procrastinated a little bit. I need to make a change. Why did I do that? Why did, yeah, why so talk so about why to do yeah. that? Well, you know, it wasn't a fact that, you know, I didn't have enough time. I think I just got distracted and I ended up doing this instead. But this didn't really help me like doing that activity that I said I was going to exactly. do. And by writing that out and taking stock and inventory on just those simple thoughts and putting them down, it's amazing how much insight you can get yeah. from that introspection and what it does to shape your future decisions. Yeah, yeah, and I, I personally think that um, going that route, one, it's more organized. Because mm -hmm. if you do a journal, like, especially if you write other stuff down in your journal, like, it can be all over the place. One minute you got a personal journal blog, right. the next minute it's a to-do list, then it's this, then it's that, and like, so as far as organization purposes, yeah, and then also like, it's going to allow you to reflect in the moment I think just as well as handwriting. I think the difference between handwriting and typing is literally just uh, a better tool for remembering, yeah. right? Whereas like your journal, is it like super crucial for you to remember that? Because you're gonna go to it every single morning, like you said, like mm -hmm. eh, probably not as much, but like the to-do list stuff, like that's crucial, right? Yeah. And there's probably a reason why you handwrite the to-do list versus type it. And I don't know what it is for you, but it's just a, it's just a personal, personal you know, yeah. So that, that would be my guess. Um, I think another part too is like when we got lists that we're putting together of whatever it is that we want to accomplish for the day, you know, if it's working out or, you know, we're talking a lot about health and fitness here and staying in shape as a trainer. And it's more about that. It's more about eliciting good habits and behaviors in general. Um, when you write a list down, you can kind of look back at it and see how many things that I check off too. Yeah, yeah. And you may have a couple days where you check everything off that list, which means I'm able to accomplish all the things that I'm setting out to do. You may get to a point when this is where you have to take stock on a daily basis. It's constantly assessing, does my process work? until you find something that really works and then maybe it stops working and you change it again. But it's important to always be taking stock. But you write your list out, you get to like three days go by and you're like, oh man, I had 10 things down on that list and I only did two of them. What's going on You know, here? what's going on? So maybe I know that's gonna tell you, well, I was too aggressive with you know, thinking that I would be able to accomplish all these things. I obviously am not. Let me scale it back. Just as we would coach a client on that process, they couldn't hit this goal for these two weeks. We need to now scale it back to something that's more realistic for that person so that they can build the confidence moving forward. So now we're at that place where we're taking stock in our lists and we're seeing now we have to change actually how we're journaling or writing things down so that it fits, you know, uh, essentially like, you know, how we can continue to move forward and grow in our habit and behavior practice. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think that, um, you know, however, you decide to do it that's the ultimate goal right and once you and if you can accomplish that ultimate goal like it doesn't matter if you type it or write it right like it's, a, it's all it's all about getting to exactly what you just described right yeah um do you have any other insights or ideas on on how to try to 
pull yourself out of inconsistency and create a little bit more um, autonomy where there is a little bit less decision fatigue and so on and so forth. Anything off the top? Yes. So we're talking a lot about being able to do these things on your own, right? Like come up with a process, come up with a system that works for you to stay consistent. Mm -hmm. Let's let's think about this from the standpoint of the client who has struggled with health and fitness and getting something going for a while. They come to you to help them, you know, figure out how they can accomplish these goals that they have of weight loss, of eating healthier, of of feeling more mobile and flexible and less pain. Well, they're outsourcing to you. So my suggestion would be if you have struggled with finding a way to have a system, have a process for yourself, outsource it as a coach, outsource it to somebody else who can help you do that, whether that's you're finding a coach or mentor yourself, which we already touched on. Coaches need coaches too. Absolutely. Or you are basically hanging around with people. You are a product of the five people you spend the most time with. So are you hanging out with people who have good habits and behaviors, work out consistently, eat healthy, sleep well? Or are you hanging out with people who maybe don't have those habits and behaviors nailed down. That's a big part of it too. So when I say outsource, it doesn't necessarily mean spend money on a coach, you know, get yourself a mentor, um, you know, take a whole lot of time and, and finance, you know, finances to like get somebody to help you get organized. But it could mean just hanging out with the right people who are um, displaying those habits and behaviors. And that's something that I've done as I've really taken a look at who are the people I spend a lot of time with? Are they doing the things that I wanna be doing as well? And if they're not, I maybe not be cutting them completely out of my life, but I'm you know, very much minimalizing the time that I spend with them and trying to spend more time and, and uh, energy with the people who are doing the things I wanna do. So I, that would be my big thing. Yeah, and I have, to, I have to second that. I have to say that I personally think that as you start to do those things on your own, even if you don't have your group yet, you're gonna start to radiate and you're gonna start to attract them a little bit more frequently. And if you need some some help, um, I mentioned you know Sean Stevenson's The Model Health Show earlier. Um, obviously, you should listen to the coach's mind, but um, but that's a that's a great podcast too, right? Um, and you don't need to personally know someone to have them as a mentor, right? right. Like you can you can dive into their world, you can dive into their Absolutely. information, um, and you can surround yourself with that to begin to help shape who you want to be ultimately, mm -hmm. right? So at the end of the day, uh, if you check out things like that, there's plenty, there's lots of options. I know you could list a lot of awesome, awesome Tons, podcasts, right? right? Um, Finding Mastery, you know, Impact Theory. Like yeah. these, are, these are some like phenomenal podcasts that I love. Um, keep in mind that that's an option too, guys, right? Because surround yourself at least with the information and then radiate that a little bit and it'll start to change in your actual day-to-day -day life the same as it will in in your mind in your head as you as you make that transition um and then you go from there but as we come close to the to the end of the podcast because i know i know we, we got to wrap it up shortly um i just wanted to mention you know because I think it's so valuable, the Model Health Show, I think it's a great show. Um, specifically, this episode that just came out, it's episode 365, it's called The Four Stages of Personal Growth, mm. which I think 
kind of correlates exactly to you know, what, we, what we touched on a little bit today. Um, and of uh, personal growth and the power of intention. And it's with uh, Dr. Michael Beckwith. And, and he was the one who talked about the law of attraction yeah. versus like radiation and, and becoming that. And I thought it was really cool. And he it, was in The Secret, I, I believe. If okay. you've ever seen that, uh, that show or movie documentary-ish. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, Which is all about the law of attraction. Well, yeah, yeah. And uh, again, I, I think something that's uh, super valuable, but I like his take on it where like he just gets a little bit deeper, mm -hmm. right? Um, at one point he talks about, um, I'll leave you guys with this for, for one of my last points. At one point he talks about the people go for these, for these masterminds, these coaching, these trainings and, and whatever it is. And they're like, okay, cool. I learned this what's the advanced training? And he's like, well, that's the application, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you, you've, you've learned these things. It's the doing now. It's the doing. Most yeah. people don't, most people hear this stuff. Right. They'll listen to a lot of stuff we gave them today. It'll resonate. They'll right. try it. They'll like it. And then they don't do it long enough for it to really have an effect. Right. And, it, and it doesn't, it, 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 it's not able to, you don't sit with it long enough for it to manifest. Right. Yeah. And so then you think maybe that strategy didn't work for you, but little do you know, assuming you like doing it too, right? Because we fall off with things we like doing as well. But little do you know, if you like doing this thing and you just gave it another two weeks or a month or whatever, the, your whole perspective, your life, a lot of things may change, right? Yeah. So let's keep that in mind, guys. Um, learning is the first step. Application is the advance. That's when, that's mm -hmm. when things start to change. Right. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Implementation. So think it, write it down. Yes. And then go do it. Yeah. It's really that easy. It's not simple, but it's really that easy to do. And it's very like, I've heard this a lot of times from people who, you know, they want to build a presence on social media. And I'll use LinkedIn, for example, for me. The first, like, cause a lot of people come to me and said, like, you know, I, I started posting on social media regularly. Um, I'm not really getting any likes. I don't understand. My following's not growing. Well, how long have you been posting for? Well, two weeks. Okay. Well, you've been doing it for two weeks. Okay. Great. You've, you don't necessarily have a habit built with it yet, but people haven't seen you enough. They, you haven't shown enough consistency of being in your face or being in your own face with those habits and behaviors that are going to even prove to you, yourself or others that you have the ability to take action every single day towards something. Just over this past week, just like the last three posts I did on LinkedIn have gotten 90 something likes, which is absurd for a LinkedIn post. The next one was like 50 and then the like most recent one is like 30 something, which is absurd for a LinkedIn post, you know, for somebody who I don't even know how many, you know, connections I have, but that took me seven months to get to there. Not two weeks, not three weeks, not even three months. I wasn't like, it's now just starting to, to find its, you know, its home and people, my message starting to resonate. So I think that like, you just have to continually do and do whether the motivation or the inspiration is there or not. So however you decide to do that, putting it down, putting it on a whiteboard, putting it um, in front of you on post-it notes and every walkway you walk through to remind you to take care of these things. But find one thing I would say just like you did and the thing that you found most successful was 
no matter what, I know I can always drink 40 ounces of water every day. No question. And, and it, find that one thing that allows you to build confidence. And I guarantee now you have other things that you've added to that yeah. over time. Yeah. But because that's where you started and you stayed consistent for, would you say, two, three years? Yeah, probably three at this point. It's a long time. You know, you now have that confidence in your ability to make a decision, stick with it, implement it every single day. And because of that, it creates this snowball effect that allows you to start implementing other habits. This is how we coach our clients. This is how we need to coach ourselves. Yeah. But, um, I, I do want to add to that just like 30 seconds. The last thing I would add, uh, Mike talked about putting things in a place where you'll see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard this really cool thing where someone takes like colorful sticky notes, right? And on their bathroom mirror, mm. like, Everyone wants to look good, so don't cover where you see your face, right? <laughs> but around the border, like, right, you know, a bunch of sticky notes, whatever those things are. Like, sometimes yeah. they may be affirmations. They may right. be motivational quotes. They may be, Could be to your goal. do yeah. goals. Yeah. To this do is list. what I want to monthly revenue. This is how many more clients I want yeah. this month. Yeah, yeah whatever if, it is. If you wake up every morning, you're brushing your teeth, and you're just reading those. You're just reading those. And imagine what happens 30 days into reading those every day, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it doesn't have to be the bathroom mirror, but... I just wanted to say, like, this is probably a place you're going to see them all the time. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Awesome, man. Love it. Anything else to add? No, I, th- I think we're good. I think this was a great one, man. Cool. Yeah, as always, reach out to us on uh, social media. Uh, we're on Instagram, at the coach's mind. That's C-O-A-C-H-S, no E. Um, where are you on uh, social media? On social media, you will find me at Art of Coaching, exactly how it sounds, underscore 89. So Art of Coaching, underscore cool. 89. And I'm pretty much every platform at Coach Mike Urso. So definitely hit us up if you need some help with some of these strategies or you just want to talk shop a little bit. Perfect. We'll talk to you next time. If you enjoyed any part of this episode, please share it with someone who can benefit from it. And if you haven't already, don't forget to hit subscribe so you can get new episodes as soon as they're released. We'd love to hear your number one takeaway from the show. So please head over to Instagram where we are at the coach's mind and send us a DM with your thoughts. That's at the coach's mind without the E, just the singular version. Lastly, we want to keep bringing you amazing, valuable content each week. And for us to do that, we need your support. It would mean the world to us if you would go to anchor.fm backslash the coach's mind, click on support this podcast and consider a small monthly donation to keep this podcast going. You can give as little as 99 cents a month and it would really allow us to keep developing content to share and help you become a better coach.